1: we can discuss that <laughs> later. Yeah, yeah. All right, Mr. Demille, I'm ready for my close-up. Coming to you direct from our super secret studio.
0: Hello from Deep State Radio Network. My name is Emily Brandwin and I am the host of Washington for Beautiful People and I am broadcasting live from sunny LA. And legitimately, right now, it's sunny. And two minutes ago, it was pouring down rain, which is bizarre because it really doesn't rain in L.A. But I'm really excited to be here. And I'm excited to talk to my guest, Philippe Rhinus. And I said it right, correct?
1: Uh, You did. You did.
0: Okay, we're done now. That's all that we're going to talk about. I just want to make sure I got your name right.
1: It's been good talking to you. I just want to note that the up and down weather in L.A. means you have a much higher chance of just falling into the sea one day than we do over here in Washington. So oh, well, that,
0: that's super optimistic there. Well, you know what? I think it was the rain cause I've been, you know, raking the forest so much and I'm sure it had some kind of effect.
1: I don't like, I'm not a yes man. I'm not, I'm not going to tell people what they want to hear. In fact, sometimes I make, I go out of my way of telling people what they don't want to hear.
0: Oh, fantastic. I've noticed that since Twitter. Well, I want to give everybody <laughs> who you are and then I want to get into that. So, um, you if people don't know Philippe, he was a long term a senior advisor to Secretary Hillary Rodham Clinton. HR. Know. You're actually <laughs> everyone should know so You're when I was doing my research, because I did a little research on you, there's a lot on you. It's you've got an interesting, you know, backstory. You got some big, you know, bio pieces on you. Yep. It's funny, I was a theater major and the most research I've ever done is is literally on you and like guests for the show. So it's very exciting. Um, and now your current title is, I think you said, self-unemployed?
1: I, I go by self-unemployed because I'm not, I'm not self-employed and I'm not retired, not even semi-retired, um, but I'm not seeking work. So it seems to be an accurate reflection of my current status of just not wanting to have to answer to anybody so they can say whatever the hell I please is probably not the best idea for someone like me to not have any kind of adult supervision but it's what I it's what I've wanted uh, since he was since Trump was elected and I left my consulting firm in September of 2017. It was Why did you it was hard to piss in the swamp and make my living from the swamp at the same time? It's
0: was it was it hard to leave or were you just like okay I'm done peace out? No,
1: I mean I um <laughs> I it wasn't it wasn't because, you know, Jeb Bush had won or even, God forbid, Ted Cruz. I know. Well, it's funny if you ask Democrats. I've done this a bunch. If you knew Donald Trump was going to serve two full terms and you could switch him for Ted Cruz, would you? In a heartbeat. In a heartbeat. So it's interesting. Not everyone says that. Not everyone says that. Really? You know, if, if, yeah, because he's just so detestable. But um, if, if one of those guys had won, I would have been disappointed, um, you know, particularly for my ex-boss and my colleagues, but I wouldn't have been, I wouldn't have felt any, you know, existential threat to our society. <laughs> but I couldn't, I couldn't get past it. And my partners, um, who have been longtime friends, were incredibly understanding um, and then it just hit in the – I, I remember the moment it hit, it was – if you remember, he did a Boy Scout rally. He, it was, and it was right in the middle of an actually pretty busy week. It was, the, I think, the same night of the repeal vote with the famous thumbs down from John McCain. It was just a lot going on that week. And watching him speak to the Boy Scouts, I just thought, this has to stop. And I, I had started tweeting a couple of months before, but – Very hard finding a balance when, you know, you have a business and you have responsibilities to your partners and you just can't find a balance. So I pulled the ripcord. I'm done. Yeah, I mean my partners were incredibly patient with me and more importantly generous. So hence my self unemployment.
0: Unemployment. That's how I found you is not like I discovered you, like Sherlock Holmes. That's how I discovered you, but that's how we connected was through Twitter.
1: Yes, it's almost like Match.com for like-minded. Like it's <laughs> funny these little social uh, clicks that form on on Twitter. It's
0: hilarious. You actually called me out and called bullshit on something, and then I like was like, "What?" and got all offended.
1: <laughs> well, people, you know, Twitter, as I think we all know, is. Wonderful and absolutely horrible, almost simultaneously. And it's sort of impossible to separate the two. And the minute you wade in, you just don't know which way it's going to go. But I think when you have, I have to admit, you know, days like the last 24 hours or or any day that I'm being beaten up, it's nice to have, you know, people who have your back um, or just be able to talk about something else.
0: Speaking of... And then i want to go back because I actually want to get into sort of how you got into politics and got into, you know, working yeah, you with also. Hillary. But but um, before that, do you want to just talk about what happened at Fox? Because you have to talk about the pants issue. Pants gate. Um,
1: about pants gate?
0: Yeah, I've, na- I've put a gate at the end.
1: <laughs> I know. I think the gate at the end is a little, uh, you know, gate gate has gotten a little out of hand. So... Um, I detest the heat. I have a real, it's not a medical thing, but I am just very heat intolerant. And I'm very sensitive to changes in heat. So I sweat very easily. And that's not a big deal. It's actually a pretty common, I think it's pretty healthy. And I have Mediterranean blood in me, so I'm not worried about it. But it's kind of annoying when I'm going to places where I have to look good, like being on television, which I'd never done a lot of until about a year ago, and I would go on Fox, and I'd be under these hot lights and, you know, tie and suit. And, you know, like, it's hard enough going on Fox News as a Democrat to begin with.
0: You're like the belly of the beast.
1: Oh, yeah. It, it's 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 more than that. It's like the movie Get Out. <laughs> you know, I go in there, and I think, wait a second, I think they're going to, you know, they're they're looking to – Take my eyeballs or whatever body part they need for you know Brit Hume who's getting up in age, um, but the last thing you need is to be the Democrat on air sweating, because I mean it's not like anyone has anything nice to say about me. They say you know you're puffy, you're this, you're that, you're lying. But the worst and it was annoying was only liars sweat. And I'm like no, that's actually not true. Yeah. People who don't like the heat <laughs> and who are wearing you know a quarter of an inch of makeup and sitting under four bright lights. <laughs> So the host can be so I, I have gone I went through all sorts of things. I and this is a long standing problem, but it was it was compounded by the makeup people there. They bought special stuff, I forgot what it was called, like level one, they put a base on, they started putting um, like deodorant stick across my forehead. It's not my underarms, it's my forehead. And when I like already, that you know all <laughs> this
0: makeup terminology though. It's very Sephora like, it's very oh, exciting.
1: I'm I, I spend probably as much time in a makeup chair as you do. Um, and, you know, I, I love it. It's the gossip session, everything but the, like, beehive hairdryer over my head. It's um, the best. It, it keeps me sane when I go to Fox is talking to, the, to the, uh, the makeup artist. So, because um, they know how crazy it is. So I tried all sorts of things. I bought a vest that has ice packs in it. It's actually something that's made for, like, chefs to use in kitchens or, <laughs> no joke, for people, you know, like characters uh, in Disneyland to wear under.
0: <laughs> under their big <laughs> you know? suits. I was just about to say, they wear those at Disney.
1: They do. And the problem is that they, they're not meant for dress. So I could wear them right until, but then had to take it off. And that was actually compounding the problem because it's the change in temperature that gets me. So if I go from even 65 to 67, I have to go through a five-minute period of sweating. God, I, you're, a, I,
0: you're I, high maintenance.
1: Yeah. No, well, I didn't. I wasn't, like, running around saying you have to, like – fan me. I was trying to take care of it myself. <laughs> I went through a period where I put my feet in ice while I was up, because I can't see below. I mean, yeah. everyone watched TV and said, I bet they're not even wearing pants. You know what? Actually, often they're, they're not wearing pants. They're often, almost always wearing sneakers, sandals, whatever. And um, finally I got to the point where I was like, well, you know what? Um, I finally had come across something that made a lot of sense online that said, You know, your mother, when you grow up, tells you to keep warm, to keep, you know, your socks and your gloves. So if you take off your socks, if you don't wear it, (laughs) you bleed heat through your extremities. So the goal became to bleed heat out of my extremities, my feet. And it started working like a charm. Do you ever see the movie um, Million Dollar Baby?
0: Of course. Oh, my God. It's the saddest movie ever.
1: Right. So there's one scene. (coughs) Where she's, where she's having, you know, whatever. The, it's not the scene where she gets really hurt, but there's a fight.
0: Wait a minute, she gets hurt?
1: <laughs> in Million Jesus. Dollar Baby?
0: Jesus, you ruined it. Spoiler.
1: <laughs> well, any boxer gets hurt. <laughs> so, um, first of all, if you haven't seen it now, there's no ten year You know, I think there's a statute of limitations on, on spoiler right. alerts. So there's a scene where she gets really bloodied her nose, and the ref wants to call the fight. And Glenn Eastwood, who's her corner man, says no and he tells her that he can fix it, um, but it mm-hmm. won't stick for more than a few minutes. So he like he puts her n- literally just like grabs her nose, puts it back into it's you know, sets it back to before it was broken, shoves uh-huh. something, shoves a q tip like all the way up her nose. She's an excruciating and he says, You've got about three minutes. And sure enough, she you know, she beats the opponent and then she just starts bleeding profusely that's what i think of when i go on i just need seven minutes of not of not sweating
0: so you're so really so on, on
1: with a fan and um, i was on you know i go on against really heinous characters and i try to be a good sport about it you are uh, i mean it's really the like the horrible of the horrible i go on you know with Corey Lewandowski and Karl Rove. I mean, you, it's a slugger's row of... I've gone on with Congressman Matt Gates. I mean, it, it's, it's... It's hard, you know, and um, there have been two instances where I just couldn't bite my tongue. The first was, I went on with Sebastian Gorka, and I started kind of studying um, the topic, and I thought, you know what? I'm not normalizing this guy. He's a fascist. He's a fraud. And I'm not going to be a party to it. And I thought, you know, if you're, if you're a PETA person and you're going to throw blood on someone's fur coat, there's no nice way to do it. And just had a terrible interaction on television, which was my doing. But the other night, so the other night, I'll wrap this up because I know people aren't tuning in to hear about my travails with my Haiti. The other night, I actually has nothing to do with sweating, but the other night I was uh, in shorts and we were in two different rooms. We were not on set together because the host was in New York. And um, this guy's a total douchebag. I mean, you look at him, he's got the, the blue shirt with the white collar, which immediately nice. screamed, immediately. I am a Republican douchebag who deserves to be hit. And um, I, I said hello, and I introduced myself. I shook his hand, which I immediately regretted. Went into the makeup room, and someone made a crack about, that guy has, like, a pubic hair on his lip, meaning, like, one hair coming out that he missed shaving, not, <laughs> and we went on air and he just did something. I, sh- I shouldn't have reacted, but he did something pretty childlike. Um, and afterwards I, w- we, Wait,
0: what did he do? Effective...
1: The, I was on the Trish Regan show and Trish is pretty aggressive. I mean, they're all aggressive, but for, even for Fox, Trish is pretty aggressive and you know, I, I do my bit and I, I know the, the lines and so does she. And she asked me something, and I said, so what? I mean, it was just kind of an obscure point, and this kid, this twerp, tipsqueak, all sorts of names, Harlan Z. Hall, said, look, he doesn't even know what to say, and he just seemed to me like a little like kid hiding behind his mother's skirt, and I said that to him. He came out of the room, and I said, that was, that was pretty childish, you, uh... meanwhile, I'm childish, you know, going at him, but I I said, that's pretty childish, hiding behind mommy's skirt, and we walked down the hallway together, and I continued, and, um, you know, we got to the close to the exit, and I I don't remember what I said. I think I probably said, you know, fuck off, and don't forget to shave the pubic hair off your top lip. Wait a
0: minute. I love that you said, wait a minute. minute. I love that you said, I don't remember what I said, but I could have said something like...
1: So he says, "You know what? You look. Look at you. You're ridiculous." I'm taking a picture and tweeting it. I'm like, "Fine." So he takes a picture of me in my shorts, and of course, you get the whole right wing just loserville. Like what I love is that they call me loser. Look at the sad guy. Meaning, but meanwhile, the whole ecosystem feeds off. You know, I don't wear. I wear shorts, and they get two days of fun out of it. Like I'm not sure which is sadder. Anyway, so he complain, and you know. Everyone Fox knows I don't wear shorts. I have pictures of me on set with Tucker Carlson, with Laura Ingram. I mean, it's it's not a secret. It, except that the I was going to say,
0: I saw the picture. I'm like, it's, he's not ashamed. Like, that's just what he wears because it gets
1: hot. Yeah. And and by the way, hosts have, have tweeted it out before. Like, you know, this is what Philippe wears. He thinks he's, you know, broken some kind of scandal wide open. And it's just annoying because, you know, it, so they, it got chalked up as Clinton advisor... Screams, chases someone down, goes berserk. And I don't raise my voice. I don't need to. I think I'm, I can be pretty acerbic without doing so. Not because I'm, just because I don't run. Like, I don't scurry. That's just a laziness thing. Like, I'm not chasing anyone anywhere because I'm, I'm not chasing Amtrak if I'm late. Um, anyway, it's just annoying. It happens like once or twice a year where I, I, and I asked for it. I instigated it. Um but he's just an asshole. I, I I I have this thing where I I'd rather I decide that I'd rather come home and deal with the blowback than being upset with myself for pretending everything is normal with these people.
0: Well, I appreciate that. I, I get that. I sometimes I I've definitely subscribed to that policy where I'm like I would just rather take the licks and get it out of my system and say what I have to say than to go back home and be like, I can't believe I just, you know, wussed out and didn't just fucking say it. Yeah. That's,
1: well, you should feel free to run around without pants. And...
0: Yeah, it's a little different for us to do that, just a little bit. But, yeah, I'll, I'll take it under advisement.
1: I wanted to set the record straight. Now I will shut up and you can... Tell me what research you did on me.
0: Well, no, no. I mean, that was much more exciting. Actually, once I saw Pantsgate, I was like, oh, we need to talk about Pantsgate. But now I, I can't know. say gate at the end because it's been played.
1: I know. I know.
0: I was, no, I was just going to say, I because I. you have a story that I, like, delights me to no end. When, I just wanted to know if you could just, like, quickly, how you kind of got into uh, Hillary's HRC's orbit and then please and then the Costanza story.
1: So um, I finished college late in life like I dropped out of college I started uh, at State University of New York and Albany dropped out after a semester I finally finished college when I was 29 um, it was I just one wanted people that struggled and um, my last semester I finished at Columbia my last semester I, I had to take everything I'd been bumping like English lit, American lit, calculus. It was just a total shit show. Oh. And I I suddenly was done and I realized I haven't thought about what to do. And I it was during actually spring break and I so I went online, the internet still existed. And this is 99. This is 2000.
0: So it was I a
1: few things that I could online. The uh, and you'll appreciate this, um, The peace corps, the FBI and the CIA. And yeah. um I also typed up this letter to like Donna Brazile and who had never met but read about, and said, "Dear Donna, I you know would love to help the Gore campaign." And um, I graduated and I got on a plane. I went to Nashville. I knew someone who lived there. I slept on his couch, and you know that recount didn't end well. But that was my first experience in politics. I moved back to New York. I worked on the New York mayor's race, you know, through 9/11, and then I moved to. DC to work for Congresswoman Jane Harmon of California. And about six months in, I got a call one day saying, Hey, this is, you know, Jim Kennedy, we are, who worked for HRC, and we're looking for um, a press secretary. Are you interested? And I was like, Of course. Meanwhile, I was convinced I was, my friend Hano was playing a, a joke on me. Okay. Um, but it turns out, he wasn't. And I, I met them. I, I went through a couple of, not rounds of interviews. I mean, it wasn't like Microsoft. Um, and uh, I one day they said, oh, the, actually to bring it full circle, so one day they said um, are you able to meet with her this afternoon? And I said, sure. And I worked on the House side. If anyone knows D.C., the House and the Senate, yeah, they're close, but they're, the office buildings, I mean, it's a decent walk. And I stupidly walked Especially
0: across. for someone <laughs> who's heat intolerant.
1: Well, that's the thing. And I was wearing a stupid suit that was too heavy. Stupid. So I show up. I walk outside from the whatever building to the, the Cannon building to the Russell building. I go into her outer room and I'm sweating like a fucking pig. I'm like, great. And of course, all women, God forbid, any of you should keep the temperature in a room below like 80. And it's not our
0: fault, for God's sake. It
1: is. Well, it's God's fault. But I mean, you can you could help along by realizing that you can wear more clothes to be warmer. And we can't. So we have to,
0: wait a minute, so we should suffer. We should accommodate you because you get, you're heat intolerant. That's what yeah. you're saying. Okay, it, cool. It,
1: I mean, it, I don't want to belittle it, but I mean, if it was a disability, you would, you would cater to me. Unless not unless you're so selfish that you wouldn't, in which case, you know. You should suffer. Yeah. So more importantly, so she, I never met her. I saw her in 1996. I was driving cross country with a girlfriend, and we were in Santa Fe, and and found out she was there. And we like waited outside for two hours just to get a wave. But I never met her. I didn't know anyone. I was not like some donor's kid. I didn't work for Bill Clinton. I really just had nothing to do with the Clintons. Um, and I just assumed that some you know someone that that was part of their world would get it. And she comes bounding out of her office with her hand extended and said. Hi, Philippe. Um, I'm Hillary Clinton. And it immediately, I've seen it since maybe 100,000 times, but it immediately, Mm -hmm. you realize that what you think is wrong. I didn't know her. I never met her. I thought, okay, maybe she throws lamps across the room at people. Mm -hmm. Maybe she's this, maybe she's that. And then you realize, just not it. And she interviewed me and it was a great conversation. There was nothing stilted about it. She was incredibly personable, and she was just very, you know, straight. Meanwhile, I'm sweating profusely, and she (laughs) since told me, oh, and her executive assistant said she at one point thought she should come in with, you know, a towel. And you're thinking, you know, the last thing you want is your spokesman to be sweating. Like, that's not good. And she said, she said, well, Philippe, that's that's really great. why don't you talk to Tamara, who is her chief of staff, and I hope to see you soon. And I thought she was just wrapping the conversation. And I said and I said, Wait a second, did you just offer me a job? And she said, Yes, I'm I'm glad I'm communicating already communicating so well with my new <laughs> communications person and I was stunned. It's I, I think it's the only time in my life I've ever been close to being in shock. I like wandered out of the office, out of her inner office to her outer office and I just couldn't believe it, and um, I remember walking back to my current job, and I immediately called my psychopharmacologist, who I hadn't spoken to in a couple years, and I was like, I need to go back on, you know, (laughs) I I can't fuck this up. (laughs) I need to go back on whatever it was I was on, like Zoloft. (laughs) I started July twenty second, 2002, and I formally worked for her every day through November 8th, 2016, I informally, you know, help mm-hmm. her, talk to her, email with her. But yes, she, I assume you're talking about my being fired?
0: Yes, that's like my favorite story. Not my favorite, that's a little hyperbolic, but yes, it's a delightful story.
1: Well, but, you know, because everyone, everyone in their job exaggerates and says, oh, I'm going to get fired, or I got fired. I was fired. <laughs> like, I, no joke was fired in the summer of 2005.
0: Did she literally say, like, you're fired, get out?
1: No, her chief of staff did. Um, and okay. it was, I'll say, it's even worse. And um, I, I had a, a profile in the New York Times was done for me. For anyone in New York who remembers, there was a column called Public Lives that they stopped doing. And they featured me, and I had everyone sign off at my office. Anyway, it ran. It was a big deal. Someone in her orbit who I never got along well was, you know, like, you didn't get my permission. Anyway. About a month later, I thought I was out of the woods, and I was in, I think, Denver or Cleveland for work with HRC and with chief of staff, who I love and who loves me to this day. And we were having drinks in the airport, and she said, so Hillary (laughs) thinks it's time for you to move on. I was like, what? You're like, move on where? She's like, yeah, you know, this thing, she loves you, but this thing has gotten out of hand. And she gave me a good piece of advice. She said, never tell anyone about this. She said, from from our point of view, because I'm just telling you, this is between you and me, Emily.
0: Yeah, nobody else She's will the know.
1: I ever spoke about it. She said, to the outside world, this is nothing more than you deciding to get a new job. This is not like, you're fired, don't show up tomorrow, take the time you need. Hillary loves you, she will call whoever... You want her to call to help. She'll weigh in. She'll recommend whatever. And I was absolutely stunned. I mean, I was just—I had been fired. I mean, it wasn't. There was nothing ambiguous about it. And the <laughs> worst part about it was that we finished having drinks, and and Tamer said, um, "Shit, I can't find my wallet." <laughs> did so you to pay for to it? I had to pay for my own drinks when I was fired.
0: You you paid for your own firing drinks. That's I did. that's
1: pretty. That's I and uh, I, I, I was stunned, I was in pretty upset, and um, it was a Sunday, and I got home, and I decided, you know what, I'm going to work tomorrow morning as usual. Back then I had a good work ethic, so I was in the office by 8, and I just, for months, I just kept, they were serious, they didn't want me to leave right away, not only did I not have to leave, they didn't want me to leave right away, we were in the middle of session, and it just kind of never came up again, <laughs> and... <laughs> <laughs> I, the only, I did interview with the LA Dodgers. That was my one I, I interviewed with that crazy woman of the crazy couple who's actually now the ambassador to France.
0: Oh I'm well, talking about
1: the, the divorce couple that Yeah, owned.
0: I forgot her name.
1: Um and I was excited, like that's a cool job. I didn't get it. Um but I just kinda kept going to work and it just It was <laughs> like
0: squatters rights.
1: And like, because no one I mean there was no animus with with anyone Except this person who didn't even work there, that it wasn't a big deal. And fast forward to, I think it was like July or maybe a little later of 2006, um, you know, I always accompanied uh, then Senator Clinton when she went to vote on the floor, just because she'd be accosted by reporters. Um, this is reporters running around everywhere in the Capitol. And uh, it was a late vote one night, so we were in our office just killing time, she pulled out some bottle of New York wine that she had, and me and uh, another staffer who was working on the issue of the vote would come up said, um, we're just killing time, and then the vote comes, and we've all had a couple of glasses of wine, and she and I are walking. <laughs> and sometimes we'd walk, and she'd pretend to be on the phone. <laughs> like Sometimes you just want to talk, sometimes you don't. And she said, she "Said no, Philippa, I just want to tell you, I'm really proud of how hard you've worked to, with my outside, you know, consultants. Sorry, if you hear background noise, it's my thermostat speaking. It, it's voice
0: oh activated. Jesus! Your heat—this is it—the heat intolerance again?
1: Well, no. Oh, well, it's it just voice activated. It's always listening for me to tell it, and it's very sensitive.
0: It's listening to. So it's, well, you know what Kelly and Conway would say about that?
1: Yeah, my microwave. It's, so it's listening to She said, "I'm really proud. I'm really proud of how you've worked with them. I know they're not easy." Um, and I, I just wanted you to know that, and I said, um, I said it's amazing, you know, it, just about this time a year ago, you fired me. And she's like, oh, that wasn't real. You know, like everyone just <laughs> pretended it never happened. But to this day, I mean, we joke about it. Um, and it's incredibly empowering. I mean, you go to work, and the thing that they can hold over you is, is firing you, taking your job away. No one ever yeah. says oh, I screwed up, they're going to take away my break room or, you know, my cubicle. It's, it's always, I'm going to get fired. I was fired, and I ignored it. I pulled the castanza. I just went back in. It is incredibly empowering. Once you've gotten past the ultimate fear, it's like, what the hell? You've, they've lost all the power. It's like Jeff Sessions, you know? Trump, Trump calls for Sessions to retire or to, to quit.
0: What do you so do are you Jeff Sessions in this?
1: Uh, unfortunately, when I said it, I realized I probably don't want to be, you know.
0: Yeah, I, I don't minded. think you want to be Jeff Sessions,
1: <laughs> but I, just I, I get the point. Civil War, but yes.
0: So I'm only because I want to get to this too because I, I know we have a few more minutes. Is she going to run? You think again?
1: I don't. I, 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 I don't. I, I mean, I wish she would, in the sense that um, I still think that there are not that many presidents walking the earth and she's one of them, Um, and I think Trump is going to be very tough, and while, and I can't be objective about this, but while everyone kind of chalks it up to, oh, you know, I'm going to run for president, and I'll just make sure to go to Wisconsin a bunch of times and won't use personal email, and I'll win, it's just naive, and yes, she has baggage. Everyone has baggage, and when you don't have baggage, baggage, they give you baggage. And someone's going to learn that the hard way, and I just don't – I don't want to, I don't want January 2021 to start reading a bunch of columns about how Hillary Clinton wasn't that bad of a candidate. If she said tomorrow, I want to do it, what do you think? Unless she wouldn't say that. If she said, I'm going to do it, I want to do it, I would say as long as you want to do it and as long as you're ready to go over for 2. Um, I mean, why not?
0: Who would you, if not Hillary, who would you want to see on a tick that you think is viable Everybody, that could actually beat Trump?
1: I don't I don't know. I, I, I really don't. I, I In general, I'm very dubious about any sitting uh, member of Congress or governor. Um, you know, he, for, you know, the 99% of the audience doesn't know, my main role in the 2016 election was Playing Donald Trump in HRC's debate prep. Um,
0: you were like there. the ultimate method actor.
1: Sort of. Although I didn't. I didn't do my hair. But yeah, I wore. I wore lifts. I wore my sh- jackets too baggy. My tie down to my groin. And you know you 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 sit there and you realize that this guy has a powerful message. His delivery and look. He's crazy. He's in no way a good person. He's an idiot, but you can see how crystallized it is. And I would watch—I watch a lot of tape of him from the primaries, and he demolished sixteen Republicans, and not you know stupid Republicans. And a lot oh. of it was because he wasn't a politician. I, and I, not to echo him, but you'd see a question. It would be like, "Okay, our first question goes to, to Marco Rubio, Senator Rubio. What do you think about immigration?" Well, Chris, thank you for that question. That's an important question. Before we start, I want to thank the audience and the University of Miami for, you know, hosting this. Go Hurricanes. I've worked on immigration for my entire tenure. I've sponsored eight bills. And you're like, "Oh god." And then it's like, "Okay, Mr. Trump, what do you think?" And he's like, "This is stupid. Immigration is stupid. We have to build a wall." And it really it really sounds different, which is why people Call the biggest liar in the world, so it's why half the country thinks the biggest liar in the world is so genuine. And um, I I think that's going to be tough. Like, I'd rather Dwayne The Rock Johnson run against him than learn the hard way that, and then there's this stupid debate about when they go low, do you go high? It's just sort of a false choice.
0: (laughs) I was like, do we have to, it does exactly like, do I have to choose one of those? Is that, is that
1: well, really it? I, I think people are going to grapple with that, and they're going to all... You're going to have a big chunk of the field trying to out-Trump Trump, especially That's the guy. nauseating. And, you know, if you want an asshole, we already have an asshole, then you're going to have, I think, a chunk who go too far the other way. Like, I'm going to talk about what's important. I'm going to talk about, you know, equal pay... While meanwhile he's calling you, you know, peg leg Bill, yeah. and and there's got to be someone in the middle who, frankly, can stand up for themselves and then move past that.
0: Yeah, I, I, my hope, my fervent hope, is that people will see Hillary's run as a motivation to run and to get out there i was so annoyed when i kept hearing people say oh people are running because they because of trump and i said i think you're seeing more women running because of hillary
1: i think i think a woman well first i'm really annoyed by the go away hillary stuff because you know if joe biden and i and i love joe biden if joe biden runs this will be his third time if not fourth time it'll be sanders second time you know up until recently, it took Reagan, I think, three or four times. And besides, it's no one's business. If you don't want her to be president, don't vote for her. But yeah. Washington, D.C. doesn't get to say, go away. And, you know, a lot of people, look, I, if you say, do you want her to run, I'd also groan. I mean, it was tough. <laughs> and she lost. Yeah. But that doesn't mean, you know, to me, she still has 65 million people voted for her. Let's just assume half of them now hate her, which is nuts. But let's assume that—that that means 32 and a half million people still adore Hillary Clinton. That is the largest voting bloc in America, short of Donald Trump's. That is more than Bernie. That is more than Elizabeth Warren. That is more than anybody. And it's crazy to think that you know she would be terrible. It might turn out that she was incredibly um, tough. And I, I do, I do think a woman stands a better chance because one, they'll, they won't have a Me Too problem, which I do think is going to be a big problem for you know anyone, any anyone who runs who thinks well there are no more rules anymore because Trump has broken them all. They're wrong. They're going to be held to the same standard as previously. And um, a woman's not going to try to out asshole Trump. And no,
0: I just, I just worry. Women, women have
1: become. The most energized part of the Democratic Party, and it's women who have become the soft his biggest vulnerability on the Republican side.
0: So- I just worry, though, Philippe, that we've had that this election, what it's done is that I don't know. I don't know if I have faith that people will vote for a woman. I don't know if I have faith that <laughs> they people to well, vote were, for you, a minority. You you I've never not. seen our environment I mean, was, so.
1: Oh. We did last night about this this poll about how 52 percent of americans
0: oh yeah i should about that
1: and as soon as i read that the other day i thought well i'm curious how the breakdown is probably 100 percent of women and zero percent of men like i i can't say this without being you know a hillary shill but i actually did not i've not gone through 16 years of working for her yelling sexism left and right but i now really see after 2016 just how effective the Republicans are. You know, if you look at what they go after, Nancy Pelosi, Maxine Waters, Hillary Clinton, it's always health. It's sanity. They go after women a certain way, and it's really horrible, and it's effective. And it taps into whatever 48% of America that's not ready for a woman.
0: That's, um, that's my biggest fear.
1: we'll you yeah. know. I, I, I do think a woman would do better, and I think when a woman r- runs and wins, they will <clears throat> have won because of a series of women before them, and probably, you know, Hillary Clinton being the most recent.
0: Right. Like, I hope you're right. I hope you're right. For me, I hope you're right. Also, I have nieces, and I want them to see that, because I think it. there's—I want, I want them to see that in their lifetime, because I think it's so important, but— I, right now, I'm a little bit in my negative Nancy space, where I don't know if we're going to see that. I hope so. so.
1: People, you know, people. I remember what I was reading the other day. Someone made a good point, and I I remember this about you know because people have done comparisons between um uh how how people suffering from racism groups in America, particularly blacks, versus women, and in a lot of ways, uh, in a lot of ways, women have. Um, Suffered. I'm going to say something the next five minutes that's going to get me in trouble. But oh, women fantastic! In a way have 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 suffered less. Like laws and things have been made it easier for women to to be equal than than blacks. But along the way, um, African Americans have, and particularly in sports, like African Americans have have gotten jobs. And roles where other, where then whites can see that they've had those jobs, whereas so you know Beto O'Rourke, someone's going to say, well he's got he's got the presidential look or, or whatever. You can't say that about about Hillary Clinton. How do you know what a, what a woman presidential look has? Like it's just such a crazy. If you think about how much we say wow, that guy really looks like quarterback, or, you know, he really looks like he could be president. You don't ever look at a woman and say, that woman really looks like she could be president.
0: No, but then they'll attack (laughs) her looks, but they'll never say she looks like she could be president. Because it's
1: just so foreign to us. And we don't, you know, think about professional sports. We don't, no one watches the WNBA. You see men on the field. You see men leaders. Up until recently, there were very few women CEOs. Like, if you look around society, we see men (laughs) occupying the jobs that convey strength and leadership. And that benefits the people at the men after them because then they comparatively can say, well, he reminds me of Joe Montana. He reminds me of, um, you know, Steve Jobs. And you just can't. You can't do that. I mean, look what's going on with Pelosi. I, I, yeah, I mean, I've never, it's not like for 15 years I've been, go, Nancy, go. But this is crazy. And it's all because she's an older woman. Mm-hmm. It's, it's that's, not right.
0: Well, that's why I'm, that is literally exactly why I don't know if we're going to see it. And part of me doesn't want a woman to run because I'm so scared that, It's just going to, like, once again, I'm going to get my hopes up and it won't happen because we're not to that place where we're going to vote for a woman, but I would love to see it, if it's the most qualified candidate.
1: Well, I mean, uh, you know, Elizabeth Warren is a great example who, you know, in 2016, there were two people that we used as surrogates that were incredibly effective. One was Barack Obama and two was Elizabeth Warren. They both got under Trump's skin in very different ways. Warren, you know, since then, he's pounded on this Pocahontas thing. And it really got in her head um, because it's it's a serious thing. You know, you're calling someone a liar about their about their literally their DNA, and um, she she backed off about her criticism because she knew she would get this Pocahontas nonsense. And she got a lot of shit for, you know, doing what she did before the election. But I'm really glad she did it, and because she can now say, "Look, we put that to bed.
0: You it's are over." A liar. Officially, you are an asshole. Uh, I yeah, I was. I agreed with you when she did it because I was like, okay, now we're let's move on. We could talk about something else. But honestly, speaking of moving on, the the worst segue ever. Um, I'm getting a little bit of a wrap up over here, so I just wanted to say thank you so 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 much for for coming on and talking with us today. I really appreciate it. And we're it.
1: doing this once a week, right?
0: Absolutely. And you sold me a dollar, by the way.
1: I. I told you I will I can I can give you a dollar just not in currency form. I gave up cash. That's bullshit. It's not bullshit. I gave up cash in June two thousand two. you
0: bet me a dollar on something. I won. I get a dollar. You don't, you don't get to say
1: No no, I could send you a dollar. I just okay. it won't be a paper dollar bill. And if I see you, it won't be four quarters. I mean it'll be a check, it'll be you know, Venmo I, I just You're gonna I, Venmo me a dollar. I haven't used cash in six and a half years.
0: Oh, good Christ. All right. Um, now I'm exhausted. you your bank and
1: pay your mortgage with cash? I mean, you, you, you don't, you're 99% cashless.
0: I actually pay a lot of cash, but I'm also, I also don't like direct deposit because I feel like I can't trust it because I'm a 98-year-old woman. And I still use coupons, so you clearly can't go by me. Well,
1: that's absurd.
0: That is absurd. I know. Um Well, thank you. You still owe me a dollar, but thank you. And if you want to hear more of these amazing podcasts, you can visit deepstateradionetwork.com. You can also support the work by becoming a member. Members receive early access to all the podcasts, the one-on-one newsmaker interviews. And because it's a holiday time, you can get a discount on Deep State Radio swag, the daily newsletter. And my favorite, favorite part is that Deep State Radio is donating 10% of all the proceeds to the Malala Fund and the International Relief Fund. You can follow us on Twitter, on Facebook. You can follow me at CIA Spy Girl. You can follow Philippe on Twitter as well. And feel free to give us a shout out, tweet. If you have questions, happy to respond and hear from you all. And thanks so much for listening. Bye-bye.
1: Deep State Radio is a production of the Deep State Radio Network